everyone. Welcome to Caffeinated Humor. You know, there's a certain vibe that every big inner city has. And I'm not talking about small town, like a towns of 100,000 people. I'm talking about a, you know, a town of a million or more. You know, I've lived in Los Angeles my entire life. And on those rare forays into downtown, it always has a bit of a vibe to it. And in fact, I use in the, the podcast and the original content that I wrote for the blog that it's like jumping into a pool that the it just it's, it's like jumping into an unknown liquid and it presses in on you but after a half hour you equalize and you're fine and that actually came from a completely stolen line there was a friend of mine I went to high school with and she was a child of privilege is the easiest way to put it other than to call her a rich bitch but after high school, she decided that she was going to live about three or four months in every big city that she could get to. And her parents were willing to fund that. So, having been born and raised in Los Angeles, but in one of the better neighborhoods, she moved into downtown L.A., specifically an area known as Koreatown. And I kept in touch with her. We were never really friends. We were never really close but just every now and then we would, you know, just kind of cross paths and I would talk to her about what she's up to because she visited her folks a lot. And she lived in downtown Los Angeles for about three months. She moved to San Francisco and lived in one of the most dense neighborhoods in Frisco for about three months. Then she moved to Chicago. And then I believe she was in Atlanta. Then she left the U.S. She lived in Mexico City for three months. And she uh, purposefully like targets the shitty neighborhoods. Which, mistake on my part in thinking that, you know what, if you have the money, why would you? You know, you're going to go to Mexico, get to the nicer neighborhoods. You know, you're going to go to Chicago. There are nicer areas other than the, the crap. I think it's uh, South Side, East Side. I forget which, but it was like the crappiest area. She didn't have the balls to do Detroit. She told me that. She said I was going to do Detroit, and I panicked, and I didn't. But then she went abroad and was in Paris for four months. She was in London for three months, and then she went to... God, what was it? Madrid? I forget what the last one was, but at that point, her parents threatened to cut her off. So she came back to the States, went to college, got her degree, met some douche, got married, had like five kids, has a huge house in the hills. It's ridiculous. But she, that was her comment, that your first time being in that, that new city, that it just crushes on you, that there's no extra space that you can feel. Like if you're in a neighborhood that you know well, you walk around, you feel nice and loose. But she said you, you felt like you were wearing a wetsuit and you were at the bottom of the pool for at least a half hour where it all pushed in on you. And I found that fascinating right up until I, I every on those rare occasions I go to downtown L.A. for various bizarre reasons. But and tonight is, is kind of a a part two of a podcast that I did the first part of last week. And I can't remember if I actually announced it was like a part one of, of two, but that is what it is. And I think all of that, that idea of just the, it being an oppressive place 
Not that it's L.A., but that it's just that kind of population density, that many people pushing in on you. It's like a slaughterhouse. I once had to, I did a building inspection of a slaughterhouse for asbestos. And I swear to you, the entire time I was in there, it was the most oppressive feeling place I'd ever been. I couldn't be in there for more than about a half hour, 45 minutes before I had to go outside and just kind of cleanse myself. But not that I'm saying downtown LA is a lot like a slaughterhouse, but draw your own conclusions. But you roll all that weird thought together and it leads us to today's episode, Escape from LA, on today's Caffeinated Humor. Moving on. There's much to do and much to see in the fabled fashion district of downtown LA before we hit the long road home. Downtown is always a bit of a mental mind screw for the first half hour or so. And then the pressure equalizes and all is well. It's a lot like diving into a pool and feeling that, that liquid pushing in on you, the pressure of it all. And then it's better. But if your goal is to secure a big-ass bolt of cheap cloth, you came to the right place. The Fashion District is a section of town that's a lot like the Devil's Aromatherapy Spa. You never know when something unique will hit you in the nose that you really weren't expecting. Urine is a bit of a go-to, kind of a default background smell, and when there's nothing else, there's urine. It's like urine, cologne, urine, cigarettes, urine, street hot dogs, urine, and did I mention urine? I mean, the whole combination of odiferous evil has the strangest effect on me. It makes me have to use the bathroom. Now that creates a bit of a downtown deuce situation. And of course, the first thing that comes to mind when you realize you have to use the bathroom in a really hard to find a bathroom type of place is how soon do I need that bathroom? So I gave it some serious thought and I finally came to the conclusion that I had a roughly 45 minutes to an hour before the crap that's in the on-deck circle swinging bats becomes problematic. Now the bolt of cheap cloth was located, paid for, carted about a half block away before I stopped in my tracks because there was a new smell. It was a street hot dog wrapped in bacon. And while it was 60 pounds of shiny white cloth with bright red lips on it, it was not the weight that ever bothered me, but it was time to get paid. And the street hot dog was my pay for that day. So the street hot dog wrapped in bacon piled with this like pico de gallo that had a whole bunch of cut peppers and just, just crap top heavy with avocado. It's pure heaven to taste and a literal ticking time bomb till you end up with what is known on the streets as quacker shits on a bun. And then we're on the road back to the car. Now the meth windigo is missing. And I'm no doubt he's explaining himself in a very confused manner down at the local police station. And I would be give anything to be there as the Asian girls pick his ass out of a lineup. The bolt of cheap cloth is loaded. My stomach is making serious what-the-fuck sounds, and the car is purring as we leave downtown. The road trip is a short, exciting one, but then so is falling off a cliff. And somewhere on the way home... I will get coffee. 